To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. To the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. All right, all right, all right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chiss Ascendancy, episode sixty, the Big Six O. We made it. <laughs> Every week, we make it one more time. Uh, all right, so today we're talking about the. Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars, also known as the 2D Clone Wars, also known as the Anime Clone Wars, also known as the, the Cartoon, Cartoon Network, Network Clone, Clone Wars. Wars, also known as um, the O3 Clone Wars. I call them all these things. The player formerly known as Mouse Cop. Yeah. Uh, so, a uh, little bit of newsy news before Jack we get Nary's in there. Tech Theratrix. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the first thing, let's just get this off our chest because it sucks. Um, but Benedict Cumberbatch is out as Thrawn. Yeah. Unless he's pulling our leg, but I don't think he is. I'm upset about the news. I'm more upset about his reasoning. Yeah. Like he so didn't, he didn't know who Thrawn was when right. it got brought up in an interview, right? Right. So he was in an interview and somebody's like, Hey, so there's this character that's coming up in Star Wars. His name's Thrawn. And a lot of the people that really like the character think that you would be the best actor to portray him. Right. You know? And uh, so he, he basically is like, okay, so what's his bit? Is he this guy? Is this guy? And he, he asked some kind of question and he said, no, he's, you know, he's this really smart guy. You know, come on. Like they're kind of like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know who he is, mm-hmm. you know? So like he's blue and he's like, Oh, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I won't be painted blue. Yeah. Which is so dumb. What a dumb reason. Yeah. He said he's got kids now and it's a big deal. But I'm I'm okay. If I, I had kids, that would be like the biggest motivation to take a role in Star Wars because who kids don't freaking love Star Wars? Right. See well, my thing is like, is like one of the greatest Star Wars characters of all time. Yeah. I mean, not my dad because my dad would butcher it, but. Right. Well, the hard thing about, about uh, him being Thrawn is like, dude, you're an actor. So mm-hmm. what's the difference for you? I don't know where he lives full time, but let's say he lives in Los Angeles and he's filming. England. Well, maybe, <laughs> but like th- that's the, that's the thing as well. Like, okay, what's the difference? Okay, let's say he lives in England. It's even right. a better point. If he lives in you know England, you know. Well, that's I guess that's the south thing is- of London, in Birmingham. Smoking's all the rage in London. What is it you've wrong me? How could you tell I was English? <laughs> oh, mate, how do you know I was English? So if he lives, let's say he lives in London or somewhere thereabouts, because that's the only place in England that exists. Uh, and let's say that it's a Doctor Strange or it's a um, anything, you know. Yeah. I don't understand how you flying to the U.S. of A. and your day is taken up from 9 to 5 yeah, with you're, makeup and acting you're regardless. You're shooting anyway. You yeah, I don't mean? understand the difference. But anyway, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll not get too hung up on it. I was just upset because he didn't even give himself time to fall in love with the character. And right. I think that if he had done that, he wouldn't have said no so readily. Right. But just to not even allow himself to get to that point. It seems like such a crazy hang up for me. Yeah. But. but I would say on the good news side of things, it seems that the rumor mill is churning out the idea that um, a little bit of news on the Lando series that Donald Glover is on board oh, good, good, to, good. Repl- to reprise his role as young Lando. I uh, watched Community through since the we watched uh, Solo the other day. Yeah. Or was that with you? No. So I watched Solo by myself the other day, and uh, and I watched it differently because I had seen him in Community, so I interpreted everything he did differently, uh-huh. just because it was weird to see him in a serious context after seeing him as uh, the character that he plays in Community. Hmm. Yeah, I also have never seen Community. Uh, but he's dearer to my heart now. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think he's a great music artist, so I really liked him going into solo for that reason mm-hmm. 
So if I watch Community now, I'll be double endeared. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited for that. Of course, my vision is hopefully it's Billy D telling some youngster about, you know, I used to be Lando. Yeah. And then tell stories about Donald Glover. I hope that the series ends like that episode of The Office where uh, it was Threat Level Midnight mm-hmm. and it was Michael Scarn mm-hmm. at the end of the movie and he was sitting at the fireplace and he's like, but you're wondering how I know so much about Michael Scarn. Well, I am Michael Scarn. Yeah. And it's Stanley's voice. Yeah, that would be cool. I'd like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be, be cheesy, I'll, but I'm I would here be, for it. I would be totally into, we just get a little Billy D cameo. Because I know he's older, and I know that he's not really doing a whole lot of acting nowadays. Do you think other planetary cultures have fireplaces? I assume. Yeah. I mean, the only culture that we know is mankind, because that's reality. Yeah, and so talking around the fire is... Is kind of a is a all mankind sort of thing. You've seen Ice Age; it goes back forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, fire in itself, but yeah. What does it do uh, on so other that's planets? good news. And then another thing that's kind of cryptic is okay. So we had the cat that was claiming to be Ezra, and he was like, "I'm not doing anything." But now the character I can't remember his name. The actor that plays Aladdin from the new Aladdin with mm-hmm. uh, I heard he quoted he an quoted Ezra, Ezra Bridger line on his yeah. Instagram. Uh huh. And so it kind of makes sense that it's heating up that um, that Thrawn is kind of around the fireplace. Exactly. It's kind of being thrown around in interviews about Thrawn recently. And now this guy, we've heard he's maybe going to be Ezra. Now he's quoting Ezra. Um, And then there was another thing that I had sent you and Adam a while back where I was like, hey, this interview is okay, but scrub through to like 30 seconds left. And uh, I can't remember what the podcast was, but uh, okay, I know I remember that Star Wars Explained was part of the group that was doing like a Zoom podcast, whatever. And uh, I don't really know much about the guy. His name's Alex, um, and but he's very knowledgeable about Star Wars. And I would say that of all the big groups, like for instance, Star Wars Theory doesn't really have a great relationship with Disney because he doesn't care for some of the newer stuff like he loves mandalorian he loves who doesn't um you know he he liked the force awakens he hated the last jedi and he liked rise of skywalker for what it did to try to redeem the trilogy Hmm. um his words not mine of course you know so whatever don't hate me but um the thing is because he also makes his own vader uh, fan films or whatever mm-hmm. and made like got a lot of recognition from it disney kind of doesn't like that guy at least that's what i've heard or kind of gotten from it but uh on the flip side Alex the only was... uh darth vader fan films i care to watch are chad vader <laughs> your baby is ugly mm-hmm. uh yeah so classic uh he's not really in good standing with them as far as i know but the other guy alex from star wars explained is in good standing he's the kind of guy that uh Star Wars books sends him Star Wars books mm-hmm. a month ahead of time to read so that they can put out a review the day the book actually drops. That's the dream life um, right there. I dude, I'm trying. I've sent emails and emails and emails <laughs> and honestly, the hardest people to get a hold of are the books people. I've talked to people that I know that get free stuff from Hasbro as far as figures go. I've talked to the audiobook side of things. Mm-hmm. Like obviously Mark Thompson does our intro and stuff like that. That's also been pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. But Talking to someone that works with actual Star Wars publishing is a nightmare. So if you're listening to this, please reply to my emails. I've sent the same email like four times. But anyways, so this, long story short, this guy kind of has a little bit of an inside scoop. He goes to red carpets and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. So the other cast on the podcast, I don't know. But one of the guys who is getting ready to close down the show goes, and don't forget for, to watch that. Uh, make sure you renew your Disney plus subscription. They're going up a dollar a month, but it's totally going to be worth it when that Thrawn Ezra show drops in the fall. See you guys later. Yeah. And is laughing. And the and guy everybody it, that was on, it was like, what? Yeah. Well, and he just kind of said it in passing. He said it in passing kind of as a joke and like yeah. put it out there. But the thing was to me, I specifically, I guess I was watching Alex because he's the one that I know the most. And he was like almost like blushing, like he knew something. And it was kind of like, uh, it's kind of like whenever someone's like, oh, and by the way, uh, Samuel pooped his pants in the last classroom. And you're like, bro, you know what I mean? Kind of like, hey, mm. that was our secret. I think that when he said I thought that, it was our secret. <laughs> I think that when the, the first guy said that, if Alex did know anything, he's mm. not very good at poker because he was like, 
Or he's great at poker, and he just wanted you to think that. Yeah. So who knows? So that's some cool news. Fantastic so we'll Sabak see. player. Yeah, we'll see. So it's going to be interesting. Um, and then some other news that was kind of cool uh, had been hinted at, but this is kind of goes. It's this goes into the store, the toy side of things for those uh, who are Star Wars collectors out there. Um, but they announced we're we're really fighting for the vintage collection to get this because that's obviously the scale I prefer. Um, but the Black Series are getting um, comic book legends, so mm. the vintage collection really needs to catch up. Not that we would buy them, but it's like the gaming grades the Black Series gets, where it's like a Shadow Stormtrooper or like stuff from video games. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, vintage collection, the smaller scale people would buy the crap out of those. I'm not sure how much they've seized upon it, but there is like a treasure trove of opportunity for all the specialized. Uh, no, from. Um... Battlefront? No, no, no. What man? I just went all the way out. Oh, the, uh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Jedi, Fallen Order. Yeah. So There's they've done such cool variants. Okay, so they've done the specialized for, for Fallen Order. They've done Purge Trooper. They released him in mm-hmm. the regular line, and then they're doing a gaming grades Purge Trooper, and they've done um, maybe one other thing, and then of course Second Sister mm-hmm. or Seventh Sister is it Second Sister? They're Second and Seventh. Seventh is the big one though, mm-hmm. right? So the Second Sister Hefty she's been gal. released. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, those are some cool things. But here are the cool things they released uh, or announced, and they finally went up for uh, pre-order. Uh, so the first one is uh, Royal Guard from the comic book called Crimson Empire. So here's the thing. They uh, advertised this as a character named Carner Jacks, and this character is a character named Kirkanos and they had it was really embarrassing because the next day they had to say hey sorry yeah uh I think that's That's right I think they advertised as Carner Jacks but it's Kirkanos um this is perhaps the one in the same special guard that uh was referenced in Bloodlines by Claudia Gray I don't think so because the idea behind Crimson Empire is that there's a royal guard that tries to usurp the imperial throne. Mm. Not very loyal. No, that guy was loyal. Okay, uh, next one. So this is the weakest of the bunch, even though he's a super cool character. Okay, next one is from Darth Maul comics from the 2000s, and it's him as a Sith apprentice. So very you cool. get him. In it's rare his... to see him, especially with newer figures, with his original lightsaber intact. Right, so you can take them apart, uh, but he come it comes it'll be in two separate pieces in the box mm-hmm. for space space wise, but it does come together and, and his regular legs. His <laughs> yeah, and he comes with the cool Sith tattoos. The first time I saw a figure like this was for the uh, Sith Evolutions figures back in the day, where they'd have three separate characters or a mm-hmm. character over the years. So this one was really cool. Um, now this one is really cool because it is yeah, Luke comes, Skywalker who is training Slamari. Yeah, and now this. Let me see if I can zoom in here. This technically, if you want to get here. technical about what they're called in the books, that would be an Islamir. Islamari That's, is the plural form. Correct. So, if you're not uh, familiar with Tim, the, if you're listening, yep, there you go. Points for me. Um, if you're not familiar with the Islamiri, um, they are a reptilian species that lives on the planet of. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I can't remember either. They're there with the Vornskers. Yeah. Talon Card. Dude, I had desert, it and then I was waiting to see if you planet. had it and I totally lost it. Um, let's see. But let's zoom in and read about it. So if you're not familiar with the Heir to the Empire uh, trilogy. It says, uh, using Islamiri to sever a developing Jedi clone's connection to the Force allowed um, oh God, mentally so stable Jedi clones to be uh, to be something. A discovery Thrawn would... a little bit? To be created. Because no, it's going to get pixelated the more you zoom in. Sorry, I'm zooming in on my phone because I can see it better there. It says a discovery Thrawn would use in his war against Luke Skywalker, Skywalker and the New Republic. So if you're uh, a Rebels fan but you've never read the books, uh, Thrawn is introduced in a book series called Heir to the Empire by Mr. Timothy Merker. Zahn. There you go, Merker. That's the planet they live on. And so there are um, feline animals called Vornskers that hunt using the Force to sense other life forms. So these little lizards, the Islamiri... Um, actually develop a uh, a 
shield around them, evolution takes place, and they create a bubble of like a meter or three meters or something around them, a sphere around them that that basically shields them from the force. So when you see Thrawn here, well, with it's not the, just a, it's like a forced vacuum. Right. It it's completely not just, removes yeah, the presence yeah, yeah, yeah. of the it's force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the invisibility cloak from Harry Potter for yeah. force users. It's if you're in that bubble, you, the force is doesn't irrelevant. doesn't exist there. Um, something that I don't think George Lucas was necessarily a fan of, but it was a cool concept. So you see Thrawn there, and he's wearing an Islamiri on a specific backpack over him because— Yeah, nutrient mount. Uh, yeah, because they need to grow into the trees around them. And he's wearing that because— uh, Crazy old Maurice Jeruis Sabaoth um, is using the force against him, so now he can't do that. So that's a cool figure. The Luke is okay. It's just a repaint of Yavin Luke training with Yoda, and I gotta give two. Yeah, craps. I don't even care about Luke. I just I think it's cool the that they're giving the throwback to. I'm the literally the gonna series. open this. I'm gonna get my knife and I'm gonna cut the tape at the top of the box. I'll open up the flap. I'll pull the plastic tray out in the side. I'll get the Islamiri out. I'll put Luke back inside, throw the box to the side, and put that little lizard on Thrawn. That's what's going to happen when this toy gets to me. And then, and then lastly— I'll go into the pantry, and I'll get out a slice of bread, and I'll <laughs> get out the peanut butter and the jelly and another slice of bread, and I'm going to make myself a sandwich. Exactly. What am I going to do with the sandwich? I'm going to eat the sandwich. I'm going to take a bite. I'm going to take another— <laughs> I'm going to cut the crust. They're going to cut diagonally. Okay. Uh, and then the last of the four, my personal favorite as far as the whole figure goes, Gashin. So Jackson is a, uh, I can't remember his species name, but he's basically a rabbit. And uh, it Pretty starts with an M, I think. Um, but it's crazy because he's not a rabbit. Diego, I think. He's not a rabbit, but his ship is called the Rabbit's Foot. Literally created in 1978, the sixth ever Star Wars comic, Star Wars number six from Marvel, uh, before they let go of the license and Dark Horse picked, Dark Horse picked it up. And then Marvel... Leppy. He's a leppy. Okay. I was one letter away in the alphabet. Um, but Jackson is literally someone that was inspired by Bugs Bunny. And if you ever hear, you know, Bugs Bunny go, what's that, Jackson? Or nice one, Jackson? Or like things like that. Uh, they literally named him after quotes that Bugs Bunny says. And uh, the coolest thing is that much like what we said with Geode last week, even though it seems strange, to me, Jackson is quintessential Star Wars. Um, basically, a big naked Sasquatch with a bandolier driving a giant space bus, Chewbacca. This guy's the other end of the spectrum. Uh, and he actually saves Han and Chewie's you know bacon uh, a number of times. And then um, he's also had run-ins with Lando. And if you're a reader, if you read from a certain point of view for The Empire Strikes Back... There's a um, whole story about Jackson. There's a whole story and about Jackson. And if you're curious, yes, Mark Thompson does speak with a le, a the le. entire story, mm -hmm. which I guess I would still prefer that to the clue horn oh, debacle. Yeah, without but. a doubt. Without a doubt. So that's really cool because there are, you know, this is them dipping into every single one of these packs is from comics that appeared in Legends. And so um, of those... Uh, I get Darth Maul is always canon, but those comics were legends. Mm -hmm. uh, the Islamir still aren't made canon. Yeah. I don't think it's something that Disney will do, because they don't want anything that voids the Force. Yeah, well, and it kind of poses an interesting problem where, like, the Force is everything, you know what I mean? It's kind of like right. that panentheistic idea of that, you know, like, everything's God, you know, in the sense yeah. that the Force is in and everything. So, like, could life actually exist without the Force in that, in yeah. that sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a really interesting concept. So it's really neat because they're doing things that are bringing Legends content back into the light. Um, and so it's really cool to see them kind of, not yeah. that this canonizes them, Jackson was made canon. Yeah. And that's actually kind of the segue into our next bit of news is that coming out this June, uh, Dr. Afra number 11, which is going to be part of the War of the Bounty Hunter series that comes out. And uh, look at this guy here. If you guys don't, if you're listening... Um, it's the cover of Dr. Afra number 11 coming in June, I believe. Mm -hmm. And there is Dr. Afra and another character. I can't remember this girl's name. Um, but they are standing in front of the giant Gendai um, bounty hunter named Dirge. And they're about to get absolutely shrek. They don't stand a chance. Yeah. If, as, if, if they carry over all of his characteristics. Well, you they, know what I mean? It, it looks like 
dirge maybe like shrugging to them like hey what's you know no big deal and dr afra is absolutely a smooth talker i do like that they kept his little uh like those bola yeah grenades yeah this this pose that he's doing is very very characteristic of an old comic of him where he's holding that same pose with a dead uh gungan under his foot um, but that's a perfect man segue. after my own heart. He was always one of my favorite Star Wars characters, but that really just sealed the deal. Oh yeah. Well, it's cool because Dirge was such a cool character. He had such, such a, cool a freaking cool character. And when, uh, if you don't know this, when the Tartakovsky Clone Wars was stopped mm-hmm. and the 3D Clone Wars was getting uh, ready to be made, um, one of the decisions you you'll hear Dave Filoni talk about this a lot. But some of the decisions they have to make are based on budget, which is hard to believe because Disney has all the money in the world, and so did Lucasfilm back in the day. Um, But they have to make certain decisions based on what the cost of animating or creating that character will be. And so sometimes characters don't even get made. For instance, in Clone Wars, they were talking about wanting to um, make both Darth Bane and Darth Revan appear to Yoda, but they didn't because... Darth Bane was enough. He was really the character that Yoda needed to talk to, and it would cost so much money to create and animate the Revan character. Mm-hmm. So they have the sketchings for him, but he never appeared in Clone Wars. Luckily, he was canonized by the Visual Dictionary for Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but Dirge was bought, was brought back into canon recently, and so the reason he fell out of canon was Dave Filoni really wanted to have Dirge in Clone Wars, but it was either him or... Or this cool Duros character that had a Western-style look about him. And you guys probably know that guy as Cad Bane. Um, and so, it's really, really neat now. I like that we got Cad Bane, but honestly, if I had to choose... If I had to choose between Dirge and Cad Bane, I'm picking Dirge 10 I'm times out of Dirge. 10. But now, because Legends and Canon are both not real here on Earth, mm-hmm. we benefit because we get both characters. Yeah. And Dirge has made Canon again, so all things are right in the universe. Uh, which kind of takes us to the subject of today's episode, which is the 2003 uh, anime-style, Samurai Jack-style Clone Wars uh, by Gindy Tartakovsky. And so, uh, Samuel, take me down memory lane. What are your fondest memories of the Tartakovsky Clone Wars? I think, um, and we were talking about this earlier, but I think my favorite thing about this version of the clone wars is the imagination with which they use the force yeah um because i think even though clone wars and everything i'm going to say is going to sound like a comparison i would like to start off by saying that i still love clone wars Mm -hmm. like easily easily my favorite animated you know material that star wars has put out right but for the most part even though it is pretty boundary pushing it still kind of binds itself to uh the way that the force is used within the films. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like there's nothing like crazy mind blowing. Um, and I think that this version of the clone wars really takes the limits of the force that are put on, um, I guess just filmmaking because we've talked about it before, but the way that force fighting and lightsaber dueling is portrayed in novels, for instance, is right. a completely different sport well, than yeah. what you're seeing. I mean, you know, we're even both in, thinking right now about the Darth Bane fight on the top of the Sith Temple where it says they were moving so fast that not a single drop of rain touched their skin. Uh, well, they were like soaking wet. But you're thinking of in the third book when he was training. Right. Um, but they're like, basically you're moving so fast you can't even see with the naked eye. Right. And um, it's just like crazy force powers that... Like, when I think about the Force, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd use the Force for, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just, like, crazy crap. And they you get to see that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Seeing, uh, for instance, that scene with Mace Windu where he's fighting all the battle droids. Right. Freaking bonkers use of the Force. Well, remember when we were reviewing The High Republic, and as we were reading through it, uh, I think you were, like, a couple chapters ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And you were like, how far are you? And I was like, I don't know, chapter 7 or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. you were like, okay, tell me when you're in chapter 10, whatever the situation happened to be. And uh, there's a moment where one of the Jedi Masters, spoiler alert, fast forward 20 seconds if you don't hear it, uh, he's looking for these thieves in a crowd, and he doesn't know where they are, but he mm-hmm. knows, he kind of, he can use the Force to pick up the characters he's looking for. Mm-hmm. And so Master Loden Greatstorm just picks up these bad guys 20 just meters like seven in the air. Of them. 
Yeah. You know, several just different locations. Just throws them up locations. in the air 60 feet and just lets them fall to their death. Um, and Or they're, you know. He, he just injures them. You know, yeah. extreme dismemberment, not dismemberment, but Only disabling. to maim or seriously injure. Yeah. So things like that, uh, you know. Just like freaking crazy cool stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, like the force jumps, for instance. Right. Where it's like, shoom. And they're yeah, just, like they're freaking just, Hulk. You yeah, know what I mean? Just yeah, like exactly. going like 30 miles. Um, and like you said, this is, you said this earlier while we were kind of, you know, scrubbing through, mm-hmm. uh, Hey, by the way, they're going to come out on Disney, Disney plus April 2nd with this. So if you want to watch them in the meantime, I would hurry up and get on YouTube and watch them in the meantime, if you're not patient enough, but I guarantee you, as soon as it's on Disney plus Disney's going to be on YouTube and they're going to be. Oh yeah, kicking it off. Babies down. It's hard to even find like clips of movies that were made under Disney. Like I wanted to find right. one specific scene from Solo. Can't do it. Couldn't find it. Couldn't yeah. find it anywhere. Um. So a couple of really cool things. Uh. We were just writing down stuff. It's kind of funny too because the animation style is so different than what we're mm-hmm. used to. Well, yeah. It's it's almost. I don't know. It's just kind of the the hilarious stuff that's like endearing yeah but it's still like terrible objectively like uh one of the very first scenes we were looking at the animation for all the clones and all of the b2 battle droids and they're running at each other yeah and, there's a you know it's on like naruto yeah and uh they're just like the ones in the background they're just like silhouettes of yeah. clone troopers you just see them like you know, white shadows, and you can see a blaster pistol, kind of. And then, well, it's funny because when it switches to the battle droid side, it's literally it looks like a like a kid's drawing of a mountain or like a small hill. Yeah, it's just I pointed out, I paused it, and I was like, "You see this? Look at this battle droid. He's got legs and a torso. It doesn't even no have arms." Um, but to me, that's cool because with a with a three D Clone Wars, mm-hmm. you have a rendering of a clone running into battle. Yeah, they're holding. all they're obviously hand drawn because it's so lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's cool. I, it's it comes off a little bit lazy, but I know that it's just. The I mean, style. yeah, you're drawing like 300 battle droids by hand yeah. every single frame. Well, it's interesting because like you think about it. It, it kind of reminds me of in the Phantom Menace. Uh, if you look closely at when the pod race, uh, the, the racers are just speeding through, mm-hmm. and uh, the crowd when you're zooming in, of course, is Watto and mm-hmm. his box and real people. But uh, if you look up behind the scenes images, when they're just zooming through and everything's a blur, it's like, okay, so this Q-tip was dipped in brown paint. This Q-tip was dipped in red paint. Like literally just like little, I don't know if they're actually Q-tips, but just little things and they're just dipped Mm -hmm. in different colors and they're just stuck in the stands. I don't know. It's kind of cool to have like, it's just little niche things that are really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But some of the vehicle design and these Clone Wars uh, snippets are mm-hmm. some of the best designs. I just, I really like the imagination that yeah. was used yeah. St- in this particular yeah, it feels Clone like, Wars. It feels like um, we're willing to go out there a little bit yeah. with the ideas. Well, you and know? like that freaking uh, just pile driver, you know, machine that yeah. the droids are using. It's literally just What's, a huge jackhammer. Yeah, yeah. What was so cool is that. In uh, the Dark Empire comics from like the '90s, where Luke decides, maybe in the eight, maybe even the '80s, but Luke decides the only way to defeat the resurrected Emperor. So don't get pissed off at J.J. Abrams; he was around. The concept was around for ages, forever. Um, but the only way to defeat the resurrected clone Emperor is to join him and, and beat the dark side from the from the inside out. That's why the comic is called Dark Empire, because like it's this internal struggle with Luke too. Uh, but they have what are called world- the old Yosemite Sam. If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Um, there's uh switch that flag from they to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have, uh, they have ships called world devastators and they're these giant freaking. it just looks exactly like what you saw is these giant, just bricks. And they're like, shoot the gun at the ground, you know? And so this one is cool. Cause it's like a, a big hydraulic press. Mm-hmm. that just goes, boom, you yeah. know? And, but it makes sense because you know, a lot of people believe that's how the dinosaurs died. It's a giant droid attack on dude, the Wookiees. I mean, forces mass times acceleration. You get something heavy enough to move it fast enough, it's yeah, going to make dude. some problems. And so it's cool because you have those moments. Um, and then in Rebels, they brought it back again. If you remember, there's the um, – it's not the exact same, but it's a, it's a similar huge square ship that's devastating worlds and destroying crops. And that's when uh, – you remember the Trandoshan um, shift manager? Mm-hmm. Uh, has the the Nazi looking helmet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's cool to see. You know, that's one of the best things about Star Wars through the years is ideas that are 
not recycled, but adjusted Mm -hmm. and made, you know, usable again. I think my, I mean, aside from dirge, obviously, because I remember, I still remember just being a kid and sitting on the floor in Barnes and Noble and reading an entire graphic novel. I have that exact uh, memory that I was thinking earlier. Just because I loved his concept so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I liked how imposing they made Grievous. Oh yeah, um, Grievous I, from this Clone Wars right. is by far and away the best Grievous, and nobody right. else holds a candle to well, him. It's and I, I've always just had trouble reconciling the idea of why he would even be an issue, right? For somebody who uses the Force, and it's kind of confirmed that he's not really Force sensitive, um, just fast as freak. But yeah, the, the way he's portrayed here, it makes a little bit more sense where he would be so challenging. Yeah. Well, it makes sense also because it's early in the Clone Wars, it seems. Mm-hmm. So you you haven't weeded out the weak Jedi that are just nice peaceful force sensitive folks mm-hmm. so you know not everyone's anakin and obi-wan so right. you have a freaking i mean but you still have tasmanian devil with lightsabers in his hands yeah jedi like kiri mundi and yeah. shakti that were you know jedi masters some of the greats right so um man that's so cool and then so here's basically what animated dirge looks like and i picked this freaking picture sick because he's got a lightsaber through his freaking chest. Yeah, dude, dude could not care less. So the way that, if you remember, mm-hmm. uh, Obi-Wan does a cool spin move or whatever and then just plunges the lightsaber into his chest and kind of just holds the move there like, okay, whew, I did it. Mm-hmm. And then you just hear this mechanical... <laughs> because Dirge is basically his species, the Gendai, they're... Uh, they're ironic that die would be part of their name because they can't do it. Yeah. They're basically just a bunch of sinews together. They don't. Die. Um, it's similar to, uh, you know, you ever heard the story about, um, you ever watch avatar with the vine bender? That's dirge, except <laughs> yeah. for there's no vulnerable human in the middle. Well, of it. it's crazy because there's that, there's that story of like, Hey, you can't solve your problems quickly. You really need to address them. And it's the guy who's got, I don't remember if it's like a riot. I can't remember what it is, but there's some place where there's a guy has like uh, a garden of vegetables that grow in salt water or something. And he finds a starfish and he's like, Oh, I don't want to deal with this. They're going to eat all my crop or whatever. So he cuts a starfish in half and he throws it into the field. And now there's two starfish and then he cuts those and it's, it's a starfish will heal itself and you could just cut a leg off. Mm-hmm. And now you have two starfish. You could cut it into thirds. And now you have three starfish. Right. And so, uh, that's kind of how Dirge is, is freaking Dirge is, um, you know, he's basically all these different sinews and tissues running together and, uh, you can cut his arm off and basically they'll find one another and mm-hmm. back together. It's very like, almost kind of like, uh, like a symbiote kind of looks in yeah. the spider verse. Um, yeah, freaking sick. Yeah. Um, I, I think at this point in, if I'm not if my memory serves, he's like 800 years old right here. He's like a jillion years old. And the and other thing like is... he's been like 300 years buried alive. Yeah. So, okay. Here's what kind of threw me. All right. So, as with all things, my initial attraction was that I thought he was a Mandalorian. Because mm-hmm. uh, I saw the giant mythosaur on his chest. But it turns out that he was buried alive by the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. And um, so, he, when he wakes up, he paints a giant mythosaur on his chest... Kind Just of as a giant screw you, you know, yeah. like, oh, this is your sacred thing. I'm going to put it on my tummy. Uh, and the thing is, by this Come time, yeah, exactly. By this time, Mandalorians are already rare. Mm-hmm. They're not taking over the galaxy kind of like they were back in the old days. And so because of that, um, he can't find any to kill. That's his whole goal. So he finds out. Impotent rage. Yeah. This guy. He finds out his kind of his backstory coming into the Clone Wars is he finds out that the greatest living Mandalorian at the time was Jango Fett, but he just got killed by Mace Windu. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill all, you know, two and a half million of his identical clones. So the whole reason mm-hmm. that Dirge signs up to be a part of the separatist is because he just wants to kill clones because the next best they're thing. yeah, they're a they're a DNA resemblance of Jango Fett the Mandalorian. Also, let's talk about Dirge's so can we talk sick about introduction. How Dirge knows that Jango's a Mandalorian too. Sorry, go ahead. His sick introduction where On he's freaking, like jousting. Yeah. It's literally medieval, medieval jousting on freaking speeders. Well, on speeder um, before IG, so you know, IG-88 was always super cool, mm-hmm. right? 
and then we had books like Tales of the Bounty Hunters and stuff like that, where we still kind of got a little bit of a taste of IG-88, but he was mostly just out there and he was a cool robot. Mm-hmm. And before we had IG-11, who kind of brought that nostalgia back during The Mandalorian, this uh, Clone Wars comes out and you see Obi-Wan leading the charge and he's got a host of, you know, knights on horseback, clones riding, you know, swoop bikes or whatever. And then you have this giant it's so goofy, blue but it's so guy. Cool coming down and he lowers his lance and then who's he got ig lancer droids so that was kind of the moment in 2003 of oh it's ig88 you know like those ig droids that were such a cool thing so you think a blaster would come in mighty handy in this particular situation i guess not yeah they're so uncivilized yeah chivalrous (laughs) i'll poke you with the stick um, and then another thing that's really, really, they really They would cool. touch each other with a 10-foot pole, is what we learned from the exactly. Clone Wars. So really, who would win this joust is the Grinch. <laughs> the Grinch rides in. He's they couldn't touch him with a 99-and-a-half-foot pole. What are um, you going to do about it? Now, here is where I favor this Clone Wars over Filoni Clone Wars. Is it Palpatine's teeth? Yes. But <laughs> to me, Arc Troopers... Mm-hmm. Arc troopers in this series are how I picture legitimate arc troopers. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Jesse. I love Fives. I love Echo. But you don't just get to have a good day and become an arc trooper. That's not how it works. They're advanced recon commandos. They're they're created by, you know, Cameron Owens to be better, to right. be advanced. And so there's this moment where Obi-Wan is in a gunship with the arc troopers, and he says... You were chosen for this mission because you're the best. And then the leader, you have the ARC Troopers, and then the leader of the ARC Troopers is Fordo. And Fordo's the He's guy bad, bad man. who has the white armor with the red uh, mm-hmm. trim. He's the only one who has that like that. And he's the first person we saw with a comma, the little skirt that they have, mm-hmm. because Revenge of the Sith hadn't come out yet. Yeah. And so he's got his blasters and his big blaster. So he's got his rifle and that's running out and then he's shooting a pistol with the other hand and then when his pistol runs out and his rifle runs out, he starts hitting droids with the rifle um, and he survives this crazy onslaught. Just one one bad mamma jamma. Yeah. So a he, bad motor scooter. To me, yeah. To me, when I see an ARC trooper, that's what I'm thinking of. Right. It's like literally engineered to be better. Um, and so those were super cool. Back in the day, Hasbro came out with that sick Republic gunship. That had kind of like the the World War II shark smile mm-hmm. on it. Oh, man. Freaking sick. Um, and then this was where we got hot Kit Fisto. Mm. Uh, Kit Fisto's getting ready to fight uh, on the side of the Mon Calamari against the Quarren. Yeah. Which I is think, kind of... There's so much good in here. Right. That is copied. That it was still recycled. Yeah. Right. I think one thing... And I'm not 100% on this, but I'm pretty sure at this point... Uh, Kit Fisto's lightsaber was still unique in that it was the only one that would still ignite underwater that we knew of. Hmm. Um, because when you see him use his lightsaber in this version of the Clone Wars, it looks different underwater. It looks kind of like what we would see, like an unstable crystal from the Force Unleashed. Right. Um, but I know that when the new Clone Wars happened, all the Jedis could use their lightsaber underwater. And it was kind of like a take back from what Kit Fisto had. Yeah. Well, it makes sense that Fisto would have one that could work underwater right, because, because he's, he's a Nautilus. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, little things again. Okay. So like, even though it was kind of silly seeing the little animation in the background of the opening sequence where Yoda's riding that like mm-hmm. Raptor donkey. Yeah. Um, another thing that was a little touch that I thought was so cool that we've never heard before is there's a moment where Ventress and Anakin are fighting. It looks kind of like, t- uh, it almost looks like they're on Yavin 4, um, but it begins to rain. And mm-hmm. it looks like they're on this, It's like I said, it looks like the Yavin 4 temple. And when it rains, when the droplets hit the saber, you it hear, hisses, tss, yeah. and you see cool the little details. smoke. Because that totally makes sense. That's, yeah. what, that's what happens when it rains on a fire. That's what happens when it rains. Like, if you had a laser that was a sustainable beam, mm-hmm. it would. that's what would happen, is that the cold and the hot would react to one another. And so it was cool to see that. Um and then you have the cool Ventress intro scene. The, the. Um, Can we talk about how a lightsaber would then be boiling the water and it would kill the user like immediately? Right. <laughs> it would be like when you're cooking chicken and the grease gets your hand. Oh. They would just be fighting like this. Ha, 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 ha. 
Um, you remember? I'd be like using that thing at will, but at a distance, you know, right? force control and that lightsaber. Now spin, do a spinny. Um, <laughs> Come you on, remember you, you, you that fighting arena where you first meet Ventress uh-huh. and uh, a very like Dexter's lab looking character comes up and goes, Abba doobie. <laughs> you mean freaking... like the entire series? <laughs> well, yeah, but like there's that one character that specifically comes up to Count Dooku. He's like, Abba boogie doogie. Dude, that makes me laugh every single time because it's such a. Okay. Yeah. It's just like that. Yeah. Um, but that was really cool. And then, of course, Sidious Teeth. Yeah. He looks like a freaking, like a radial saw. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> what? It's so funny, though, because that's they so realistic. They don't have a space dentist. You know what I mean? Well, like, it's crazy because he's like, all right, Dooku. And it's just like he's freaking. He's wearing dentures when he's in the freaking Senate. That's what I'm wondering is like, so how do you. You know, Palpatine the orthodontist, but Sidious the Mako shark, you know, <laughs> the meth head. It's crazy because, okay, like probably hardcore believers would probably say that maybe like the force masks. I don't know. What the if dark like, side makes his teeth bad. Yeah. At will. Yeah. It's like shape shifting, but for teeth. The shroud the of the dark side protects his teeth. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. What if Base Windu leaves the the Senate office and he's like, "Did you notice his teeth?" Dude, what if he's like, "That honky got terrible breath." <laughs> Those are Sith teeth. <laughs> Holy Sith teeth. <laughs> um, and then it was cool, like you said, kind of the Shatterpoint shout out. Yeah, that was cool, man. I like that a lot. In the old school, um, no school like the old school. <laughs> But uh, freaking is that Inspector Gadget? No, it's uh, it's those two old guys at the end of The Incredibles. Oh, I thought you were talking about. I'm pretty sure those two older crime fighting vehicles from the Inspector Gadget cartoon film say the same thing. Say that, yeah. Inspector Gadget's last case. Yeah. If you dude. don't have it, watch it. <sighs> gadget this time, Gadget. Yeah, my voice would get raw, like bleeding raw because i would want to be freaking i would want to be dr claw so bad dr claw dr claw i would do that and the uh and the alligator from robin hood oh yeah uh let's see what is what does the guy from uh robin hood say hmm. um nothing the I honorable prince john yeah yeah that's killing me yep what do you have to smoke like a table? You have to be an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> or a claw. <laughs> have you ever seen an alligator? Or like They make a noise like that, you know what I mean? The, yeah, they do growl. It's a cool like low hiss. It's kind of like that guy on uh, Murder Amongst the Mormons, the main guy, and you can't tell if his voice is really high or really what low. What happened to that guy? I don't know. He had a normal voice and then 30 years of reporting, I guess. I don't know. Well, it was crazy because... Was like a, he was a documents trader, right? Did somebody try to slit his throat? I don't know. What I happened. don't know. Maybe just like a bunch of smoking. The very beginning, he was like, "Don't ask me to say that. Don't ask me to say that." But he was the press. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Macy said, "Uh, dude, I couldn't figure it out." Macy goes, "He must have been near the bomb." <laughs> <laughs> the bomb went off in his throat. Oh my god. What he, he ate it and was like. <laughs> Inside, <laughs> he ate one of those things from beef jerky that says not to eat. Uh, oh my god! He's drinking iodine packets. That's so funny, bro, dude. I remember seeing those when I was a kid, and I was like, "Don't even touch it! Don't even touch it! Don't even think about it! Oh You'll god. freaking die, man!" What's crazy about this? A is kid in fifth that, grade, uh, he ate three of those, and he just started bleeding out of his nose. Yeah, the same kid that ate uh, freaking uh, what's that candy that that pops pop rocks and <laughs> pop coke? rocks and coke, man. You remember when you used to we used to we used to watch MythBusters, mm-hmm. and they the I was so episodes, committed to MythBusters, I had season two downloaded on my iPod Video, and I'd watch it on road trips. Bro, you remember they used iPod to, Video? This was back in the days. The, uh, took me like a full day to download that. Oh my god! From yeah, iTunes. By the way, dude, you would go to the school the next day and be like, "So I downloaded a music video, right?" You remember you were when, the hot item if you had a, a oh, music yeah. video on your iPod Video. I had my my home phone number laser etched in the back that's how i knew yeah because if you find this you're gonna return it yeah you remember or at least um, you're gonna be thinking of me you You remember how at the very beginning of mythbusters they were trying to be like official they'd have like some people on there and some lady would her title be like you know i don't know freaking folklorist yeah and it'd be like yeah knower of myths i was like how you know 
everybody i guess now everybody it was knows. mainly that that chick with the curly black hair yeah and so what happened <laughs> so billy says i'm not a wimp i'll do it so he eats some pop rocks drinks some soda next thing you know he dies and that's the crazy, story. right? Yeah, like that's her job, folks. They must have her sit down and be like, "All right, so to get your check today, we're gonna need you to tell us forty-five. No, no, minutes. no, no, no. She already knew it. She already had that in her back pocket. No, I know. I'm just saying, like the whole story. They, She's a professional. They the whole story takes like ten seconds What's to tell. Name? Billy was a daredevil, and they said you can't eat pop rocks and coke, Billy. And he said, "Oh yeah." So he did it. And he died. Let's oh, test yeah? it out. Watch this. They said, Billy, you can't hit a baseball with just the Heather back of your hand. Heather Joseph Witham. That's her name. Folklorist. You can't with him. Join him. <laughs> and her hair's not as curly as I remember. I with him? I barely know him. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, okay, so one thing that uh, 3D, one of the many things that 3D Filoni Clone Wars got right was the the prolonging uh, use of Ventress. Mm. Because just in the very first volume, one of the things that was cool about the Gindy Clone Wars was that it was in little snippets. You would see it for like five minutes at a time. Um, but Anakin kills Ventress by the end of volume one. Right. Um, and goes, oh! Uh, and then... Uh. <laughs> Have you seen the video yes. where everybody dies, but it's Anakin's yes. hurt noise? Yes. So Shmi Skywalker dies. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Freaking worth the watch if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, look up something like everyone dies, but it's Anakin or something on YouTube. You'll find it. You'll know the one. The one that gets me is when it's Anakin. And I'll know it's the one when it makes me laugh. <laughs> Swipe me off my feet. I didn't say drop the safe. I said keep her safe. You don't. Well, that's good. Because we missed her. Oh. oh, not so bad. So we're not going to quote the entire movie of The Three Musketeers starring Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, but we'll quote a lot of it. Uh, my favorite line from that whole movie is when Donald goes, Die? Die? And they pick him up. My favorite line is, uh, I've been looking forward to this all month. I've been looking forward to this. Dude, I used to it's know... Hard to beat, man. I used to know the... He's s- talking about taking a shower, by the way. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah. I used to know the whole song that Pete would sing on his way down to a secret lair. And if we turn the movie on right now... There's a I could 100% probably... chance I'm listening to that on the way home. Oh, way. yeah. Don't get shoved, sheep get sheared. Be the king. Pull the strings or else you might get smeared. Evening, trusty lieutenant. Watch out for the bricks. What? <laughs> Let's see. What's he say? Uh, oh, my God. We're running out of time. Let's come talk about Star Wars. Come and cheer me. Let me feel me. PD's king of oh, friends. I guess we're talking Why about the music stop. Disney. All right. So, and then you move into volume two. And, well, oh at the very God. end of volume one, Grievous is put on the scene. Yeah. And he's super cool for the oh, reasons you mentioned. Um, if you haven't, go look up the video where they time... Grievous from this particular Clone Wars to the song Rasputin. It's a great watch. Yes. It's the whole song, by the way. So, um, And so one thing that's really cool is right to beginning of Volume 2, uh, the ARC Trooper crew is back mm-hmm. on the shark gunship, and they are hunting for Grievous. And so think about this. You send in a team of Jedi Masters. They get pwned. And then you send in your best clones on Jedi a freaking Masters flying tank. Jedi Masters plus Shaggy. Yeah. The Jedi that's definitely not shaggy. Yeah. And my boy Kukruk was there. Luckily, he survived. Um, And then... He's also a bad motor scooter. It's cool because... Think about this. Basically, they send in a dropship to rescue all the Jedi who just got destroyed by Grievous. And then um, the gunship can't even defeat him. I would like to point out that when Grievous was most vulnerable was when Kiati Mundi actually thought to use the Force. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then uh, they're fighting, and they finally get the Jedi, and they evac. Mm-hmm. And he says, "So." And the voice was cool for Grievous too. Mm-hmm. Run, Jedi, run! You have only prolonged the inevitable. He didn't have his uh, bronchitis yet. <laughs> you wear the trappings of a Sith. You fight like a Sith. 
Okay, here's one problem I have with this. Okay. Vegetables. Vegetables. I have a problem with this phrase. Okay, Dooku's talking to Ventress. We're going backwards to Volume One, Is and he says, no, "No, no, no, let me finish." He vegetable? says, "No." He says, "You wear the trappings of the Sith. You fight like a Sith." And then he says, "This." Let's see. Let's see. You wear the trappings of the Sith. You fight like a Sith. But this can be imitated, however. I didn't like that he had but and however in the same sentence. What are you going to do? They're the same point. I, Duke uh, is a man of culture. He would know. I saw somebody post on their Instagram story today, and they said, starting off to a good start. And I was like, oh. Oh, come on, guy. It's either starting off good or it's off to a good start, but it is not starting off to a good start. Correct. Um, and so the hunt for Grievous happens. They get the Jedi out of there, but Grievous is still on the Lucy Loose. Anakin has a vision. The Lucy Lou? Yeah. Um, Anakin has a vision of Qui-Gon. The most alluring of being at large. And uh, Liam Neeson actually came back to do the voice. Liam Neeson? And so it's interesting because Anakin's having a vision, or it, they make it seem like Yoda's having a vision of Anakin talking to Qui-Gon, but it, it's kind of hard to explain. But. I think maybe it's Anakin, though. It's not really, it's really not that clear. I think you have. I think you have. And so, um, yeah, it's real random because Qui-Gon's talking to Anakin, and Anakin says, I'm afraid. <laughs> and he goes, don't be Anakin. And then he says, what's in now? And... <laughs> The Force. Qui-Gon goes, only what you take with you. And they're looking at the tree on Dagobah, um, mm. so which is interesting. And one thing that's really cool is that this is the first time that you really get to see the low levels of Coruscant. Because you have Anakin and Padme meeting up secretly. Nice. Which, literally a week later during Revenge of the Sith... Anakin's like, hang on, Obi-Wan. I'm in Padme's room. I'll be right there. <laughs> Everyone knows what's going on at this point, I feel like. Yeah, I like in uh, season seven of The Clone Wars, the new one. Obviously, it's seven seasons. <laughs> yeah, where yeah, yeah, yeah. Obi-Wan's like, tell Padme I said hi. Yeah. Everyone knew. Padme's still looking hot, hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> he just hands stuff to piss him off Dude, at this point. Dude, freaking... Uh, I would. Freaking... Uh, Rex and them have a code where it's like knock three times if Obi-Wan's coming so we can stop making out. Super subtle. I was like, come on, bro. Uh, but it's cool to see the low levels of Coruscant. You see people who look like they've been living in General Woundwort's den. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're a Watership Down fan. <laughs> oh my god. Skin and bone. <laughs> they're, they're just ravaged by sickness and hunger. Yeah. And, and, ears and the are general shredded. himself. Yeah. You want to be part of my crew? Let me cut your face with my hand. Yeah. All right, now you're in. And I'm going to eat all your lettuce. All the lettuce. So anyways, um, then you have sexy 3PO when he first gets his gold plating. And he's like, oh, you want to see my gold plating? He takes his freaking... He's wearing a robe because he's gold plated now. Takes his robe off and he like puts his knee in front of his other leg. Yeah, he does like a little... You have like the sexy trumpet. Yeah, um, it's freaking hilarious. It's like it's akin to uh, if you're a fan of a, a different film, um, 102 Dalmatians Patches London Adventure, where Boris is uh, trying to flag down a vehicle and yeah. sticks his nice little hairy leg. He's he's in drag, obviously. Yeah. Oh my um, god, that scene's so. I think this is funny. the only time that we see Anakin's braid get removed too, because by the time the mm. Clone Wars. Yes. 3D happens. He's already a Jedi Knight. And then we fast forward like six months for his hair to get nice and long. Yep. Um, and then, so there are three. We also, I, I wish, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. I'm thinking about promotions though, and I still haven't gotten to see Obi-Wan's transition from Jedi Knight to Jedi Master. Yeah, I know. What the heck? I'm hoping that happens in the Kenobi series. I really, I'm going to write. kind of a flashback. I'm going to write you and McGregor a nice handwritten letter, see if I can make it. Oh, you, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, from Night to Master. I, th I think the only actual time we get to see that discussion at all actually happens in Light of the Jedi. Um, when we have our, our man that was friends with Avar Chris, he gets promoted to Jedi Master. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that is interesting. That is interesting. 
It's the only time I can think of. Um, you know who it surprises me as a Jedi Master is Quinlan Voss. Doesn't it surprise you? That it surprises me that he became a Jedi Master in that era of the Jedi. Yeah. But I think it, it, it was just su- one of those things. It doesn't surprise me. His talent is there, right. but his attitude is not a Jedi Master I think master he's just a, such a specialist. You know what I mean? That yeah, it's He just, also sets it's the weird. bar really low for himself. Yeah. So the expectations It's weird there. for me that Anakin is not a Master, but Quinlan Voss is a Master. When they're very similar in attitude. Oh, that's just like your opinion, man. Um, So there's three main... um, There are three main stories going on throughout the second half of the second volume. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's Anakin and Obi-Wan, and they are amongst the Novanian warriors, Mm -hmm. uh, which are the really cool blue dog-looking characters. And um, they're super dope. Kind of a Native American-style... Um, Nate, like uh, tribal warriors, mm-hmm. uh, they believe in rite of passage. It feels very much like Brother Bear. Brothers are the same, right? Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. That. You guys are think... welcome for that Phil Collins impression. I always think of Brother Bear when I see this story arc. I love Phil Collins. Oh, Brother Bear. Yeah, but Phil Collins makes that movie. Basically, he also makes Tarzan. Oh, dude. And he real. makes music. <laughs> That's a thing Phil Collins can't do anymore. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Uh, so your main three storylines going to the last uh, half of this uh, volume is Anakin and Obi-Wan amongst the Nelvanian warriors, the invasion of Coruscant, and specifically the abduction of the Chancellor Chancellor's by General Grievous. Battalion. So you have... yeah. You see, you basically are following Yoda and Mace Windu during the invasion of Coruscant mm-hmm. as they're trying to stave off the separatists. And then you have Anakin and Obi-Wan, specifically Anakin, who is trying to find the lost uh, warriors who have gone off to face some unknown foe. What was cool is that Obi-Wan kind of referred to this as Anakin's trials. Yeah, he Anakin said this is the final really trial. The trials. Yeah, he's made a knight, but this is the final trial you never got to have. Right, that's very cool. And so here's a cool picture from that that style. Nice Prince of Egypt nipple there. Um, just the one. Just the one. Uh, and so basically what he has to do is he talks to like the the shaman of the tribe. Can't grab anything, but it looks pretty good for stabbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'd make it in prison. Um, and so they put these leeches on there, and they're dipped in dye, and it basically puts this tribal tattoo on him that um, essentially is the picture of, uh, I don't know, it's not really a map, but it's basically, uh, I don't really know what it's good for, except for this is like his rite of passage. It'll be his final trial. So his job is to go and find all the warriors of this tribe of Novanians has gone missing. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows where they are. And it turns out they've been abducted by the cis specifically the um dude what is what tambor part of i can't remember uh the techno union there you go thank you good job um and you can see like grievous masks and stuff in the background and Mm -hmm. it seems like they they know that these are great warriors and they're trying to use them and attach like trying to make kind of like android species like cross species out of them cyborgs they're it's also like because they're not willing participants, there's some aspect of mind control, mm-hmm. um, some zombie-esque behavior. Yeah, and it's really sad because these Nelvanian warriors are are trying to attack them and defeat them to make home safe for them again, for themselves. Mm-hmm. But um, it seems like they get captured by the CIS and they are promised, like, power to be able to because there's this cool graphic on the wall that kind of shows the story of what's been happening and there's this moment where uh it seems like the first warrior that received his cyborg enhancement was a late was allowed to come back to the tribe maybe you remember that where the you have the regular stick figure warrior right regular dude and then they attach the arm and remember the arm starts going all over the screen Mm. and it's like killing these big animals that he wouldn't actually be able to kill. Do you remember that? Not particularly well. So 
there's this moment where the warrior just has his spear or whatever, mm -hmm. and then he gets almost kind of like a, a robotic hand, and it turns into this crazy claw, and he's able to kill like a giant rhinoceros-looking animal that mm -hmm. he normally wouldn't be able to kill. Right. You find out it's because he has these mechanical enhancements that are like a blaster for an arm or things like that. Um, but basically, it takes over, and he can't control it. And then, wow, I just hit that screen. Uh, he just can't like control that. it. Yeah, just like exactly what I did. And so uh, the this is my favorite part. The Grievous chase is cool, but this is my favorite part of this volume. Um, is Anakin finding these characters and freeing them, bringing them back to their mm -hmm. homes. And then you really, the very last part of the series before we launch into episode three of Revenge of the Sith is that... Um, Grievous has the Chancellor. Mm -hmm. He's chasing. Well, he's chasing him down, chasing him down. And you have um, Shock T, mm -hmm. and then you have a Tal's Jedi yeah. named Falmudama. And then you have the Ithorian. I don't know what his name is. Ithorian Jedi's name is um, man. What's that guy's name? I had it for a second. Anyways, and then Mace Windu. Well, Mace Windu's until the very very yeah, end com coming up. Um, I and think so the, the Magna Guards and Grievous are trying to get the Chancellor. Right. I think the two coolest things from that scene are... Warren Korob is the name of the Ithorian. Oh, very good. Um, one is the Ithorian. You get to see him... Use his four throats. Yeah, his, his particular uh, ability. They have four throats. And so they actually have two mouths mm -hmm. around the side of their neck. And they uh, the Jedi of the species can use it to kind of like do a force scream. Mm -hmm. So you see him kind of blow away all yeah, these separate Yeah, it's cool because he already has a much stronger force voice than we would yeah plus force abilities right and so um and then you get to see kind of how strong grievous is still he going, just anchors in <laughs> right everybody got some chocolate milk <laughs> he's trying to scare him grievous oh my booga booga <laughs> <laughs> um but eventually of course grievous is just too much mm -hmm. Falmudama, Roran Kora both lay down their life to save the Chancellor. Fail spectacularly. Um, Shakti is uh, taken prisoner, I want to say. I think she's incapacitated. Because there was a deleted scene for Revenge of the Sith where when Anakin and Obi-Wan get on Grievous' ship to try to save the Chancellor, Grievous executes Shakti right in front of him. Oh, nice. Um, and so they were kind of setting that up. And... The second coolest thing Mace Windu ever does, besides the cool yeah, he Shatterpoint freak, stuff. He freaking just dis disassembles so, a B2 battle droid with the Force. That's freaking right. dope. So the coolest thing, and this is like right at the mm -hmm. end of the show, is the Chancellor is in tow. He's in the ship. The Magna Guards have secured him. The ship's about to take off. And um, Mace Windu makes it to the port just in time for them to take off. And Grievous sees him, turns around, and... Really quick, gets into a crouching stance, pulls out all four of his lightsabers, and in response, Mace just reaches out and does a fist and freaking crunches Grievous's insides, and Grievous falls to the deck and goes, <coughs> which is where the cough comes from that you see in Revenge of the right. Sith. And then and somewhere in Tatooine, you heard. That's nice. Our first. I was frantically looking, I frantically you. looking it up because I knew where we were going. Um, but. Such a such a cool uh, series, yeah, and um, absolutely. They also made cool animated style toys for this, which is like you would try to find the dirge, of course, Obviously. and then um, the coolest available character, right? And then they also made a realistic style dirge, and they made stuff from the. They have one dirge figure that uh, his right hand is like real expanded and claw like mm -hmm. uh, to kind of represent the what it would claw. look like. Get it. And so uh, that's really cool. And then they actually ended up making secret formula. An, <laughs> they ended up making a figure of Anakin with that tribal tattoo on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is super cool. And so it's just a really cool thing. So if you haven't seen this, you, you can find it in pieces on YouTube. And if you just want to wait for the 4K, um, yeah, I'm excited because it's going to be the versions you can find that aren't obviously on DVD format, which are going to be a little bit outdated anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you find them on YouTube and they're kind of patchy. So I'm excited to see it yeah. like kind of just I think I've, I found one 1080p. That's kind of what we were scrubbing mm -hmm. through today. But like I said, dude, Disney's going to come through with that grim reaper for all the YouTubers that have their property right now that they're going to use it again. 
Um, so April 2nd, which is actually my birthday. Happy birthday. Um, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, uh, the animated portion of the holiday special. So some form of the holiday special is coming to Disney Plus, mm. just the animated story, which is Boba the Fett's animated anyway. reveal, um, which is really cool. And then the Ewoks. Shut up. Be quiet. And then you have the Ewoks, uh, Caravan of Courage, and those movies, and then the two seasons of the Ewoks cartoons. Fantastic. Are all coming out. So that'll be fun to watch and review. Um, but if you're a Clone Wars fan, but you've never taken the time to watch this version. It really uh, doesn't take, it's just too, I mean, it's, it's I too, mean, I guess it's a little while. But it's two hours yeah, for the whole, the whole series. Show. Yeah. Um, it so, came in little five-minute segments, so it's just two yeah. total volumes. Uh, look it up. I'm sure you can find it in the next little bit. Uh, and then comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you remember if you watched it. And if this is your first time viewing it, maybe give us some fresh eyes and give us a compare and contrast what you liked more about this, what you thought could have been done better, what you appreciate about the 3D Clone Wars now that this one's mm-hmm. – you've seen this one. Uh, but it's a really cool thing. But we're really excited. It's coming to Disney Plus where we'll get a 4K version um, that we'll have forever. Excellent. Very fun stuff. So thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, may the Force be with you always. And uh, just like the Star Wars Clone Wars is being reunited with its long-lost brother, around here, the only family you have here is me. We'll see you next week.